Good morning, good morning. Uh, this is uh, Sharpen Perspectives, episode 14. I'm Jim Vandeveld of HMC Knives, joined by my co-host, co-hosts, Ken Spaulding of Zodiac Engineering and Alex Steingraber of SPK Unlimited. Uh, today is Thursday, um, and we're just getting together here to kind of have another ramble sode, as we're guess we're calling them now. Actually, <laughs> we were speaking before the show... <laughs> And uh, we are planning on making episode 15, next week's episode, our first kind of structured episode where start to finish, there's going to be uh, some structure. Um, what that is, we're not 100% sure just yet, but, you know, but we know we that that's what we want to accomplish. And with as organized as, yeah, as, as organized as Ken is, I have no doubt that we will be receiving detailed itineraries of what it is that we will be uh, undertaking anyways uh guys here in pennsylvania i know that also in new york we got our first snow winter is officially here maybe not on the calendar but we did get like four inches of snow last night and uh it was cold today so fall came and went we had leaves and then we didn't and now there's snow on the ground and i didn't rake up a single leaf which maybe we can keep this ball rolling but um yeah uh today is Part of the week, it seemed like it came really quickly. I don't know where the week went, you know. I didn't expect uh, expect us to be at hump day quite this quickly. I have CCKS. Uh, well, it's I'm like leaving <laughs> a week from weeks. Friday. <laughs> I fly out and ask me how many knives I finished. Zero. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like what's on my plate right now. I'm focused on, actually, I hit the pause button. I'm blanking out all of my frames for the show uh, out of carbon fiber right now. Um, all my blades are through heat treated and are getting surface ground right now. And I have all backspacers and clips made. So I just have to make liner inserts and op one and op two on frames and then start assembling. So I'm kind of hoping that by Friday, maybe that's a little bit unrealistic, but I'm hoping by Friday to be assembling knives for the show so that I have like a solid week to finish them. And not only am I running behind, but I am intending to bring more than I've brought to any of the other two shows this year. I'm trying to bring eight. Um, yeah. So I don't know how it's going to go, but that's pretty much what's going to be my focus for the next 10 days or so. What were you guys up to today? Uh, today. So yeah, actually this whole week. So I had a conversation with my landlord in the shop, Ooh. the landlord of my shop. And I said, Hey, is it cool if I put a couple shelves up? And he's like, yeah. So basically what I did was I uh, installed six shelves, six, no, seven, eight, nine, almost 10 shelves and got so everything turned into 10. Yeah. Yeah. So like I went, <laughs> I went ham on the, sh on the shelving in the shop and I'll post something on Instagram later if you guys want to check it out. But, um, oh yeah. So the goal was to get everything off the floor and kind of put it on the wall. And the reason was I just want to be able to fit more machines. So now what I can do is actually I can load this up with like a few more speedios if I wanted to or a bevel grinder or whatever. So that's what I did most of the week. Um, I got parts actually came in on Monday from Waterjet and double disc grinding for the titanium frames. So I haven't even turned on the machine yet. I'm probably going to do that at the end of the week. Um, and then... <clears throat> I got fixturing, new fixturing coming in this week, uh, material for base plates coming in this week. So I got a lot of programming to do. Well, not a lot of programming. It's a square. So I got programming to do for that. <laughs> and then that's going to go out to double disc grinding and, uh, or not double disc grinding, Blanchard grinding, and then get those ready to go for probably next month. But yeah, I mean, like you said, with uh, fall, leaving and and now it's winter it's like we got two months left in the quarter and uh i don't know i think i, I think i want to do two more drops but i don't know if i have two more drops in me like at the same capacity as i did last time i just shipped off those 65 and i'm feeling pumped now that i got all these shelves up but i don't know it's uh we'll see what happens but i one thing i am going to try to work on this week is uh there's a local heat treating company in uh rochester and 
I don't know if they've heat treated like knife steels, but that's pretty much the same as tool steels. So it should be the same. Um, I'm going to see if they'll do the heat treating for me from now on so I can focus on just getting stuff done while those are out heat treating because they'll heat treat, you know, hundreds at a time versus the the six or seven that I can do at a time or eight that I can do at a time in my oven. Um, but that's the goal is just try to have more, I guess, prepped and finished parts on the shelf. So then when next year comes around, I can um, kind of just make things more streamlined. But I was, not to go off topic, but I was listening to the, the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk today, and no spoilers or anything, but Elon was talking about how prototyping is significantly easier than mass manufacturing stuff. Like there's more problems in manufacturing than there is in, in like prototyping. Like I guess more things could go wrong or, and not a lot of people see that behind the scenes thing, but that's one of the things is like, as far as manufacturing on my end is like not having to deal with heat treat, even though I don't know, people argue that like, if you don't do heat treat in house, it's garbage. But I, I don't know. I don't see that. I think, professionals know what they're doing as long as you ask ask for what you want they should provide it for you you know yeah I mean, there aren't really any knife makers that are like metallurgists so i think right. that these guys know probably better what they're doing than most guys you know making knives so uh it's very simple recipes i mean as far Absolutely. as the goes so yeah, uh, yeah. This week has been pretty busy for me. Actually, Monday was a hectic day. I got a lot of stuff done on Monday. I did a bunch of slides. Um, I finished up. Well, I kind of finished this up already, but I finished up this last datum that I have. This is a fifteenth one with Ultim. Noise on one side. So I'm working on blackening some of the hardware. Um, I started doing one of the pocket clips. I talked a little bit to you guys about it. Um, I don't know if my my blasting media is not aggressive enough. If I'm not getting it hot enough, it's getting a pretty uniform gray. I got the tip of it um, really black, which looks awesome, but I just need to keep working on that. But I'm definitely going to do the screws for sure. Um, Monday, I ended up making uh, an Ultim coin. Nice. Came out pretty cool. And then I also made a set of Ultim inlays, which is what I originally got the Ultim for. Um, inlays really nice. for one of the slingshots. This yeah, one came out cool. Is. I think if there was like a white liner below the inlay, that it would actually pop a lot more amber than it does with just being black behind it. Um, see, I think it looks light, like nice it. and dope. It looks yeah, cool, like... but then you see like this one and this looks super amber color compared. It's literally the same piece. Of, I mean, I guess when it's in front of the black, you know, but when it's in front of like something white, <laughs> when it's in front of something white right there, it gets amber and then black, it gets really dark. Um, but anyways, I'm, I'm basically building like a one-off set of all three of like the main items that I've been making. It's a Zodiac um, engineering <clears throat> starter pack, bro. There you go. And I want to auction these things. So I need to figure out how I'm going to do that. If I'm going to do it in Facebook or do it on Instagram or what the best route for that would be. I haven't done an auction for my own stuff before. Um, do it on both. I could run in on both. I mean, I guess as long as I set a deadline on it and figure out, you know, all the rules and everything. Um, I need to just kind of pick your brain. Cause I know you've done a bunch of them. Have you done any auctions, Alex? I've done auctions, but only on Instagram. Uh, I've never yeah. done it on both platforms. But the format for it is kind of the main thing. It's like, obviously, there's a start time. You guys running it for just a few hours or a couple days or... No, fuck that. Don't do it for days. It's, do it for it's, like five yeah, hours. Yeah, do it for thinking. five Something hours. Something short. Have it start and finish the same day, but give some prep beforehand to let everybody know when it's going to start. Maybe drop email drop for sure on there. And then definitely Facebook group and maybe throw some announcements on instagram my, my recommendation would be to um start it early on like a saturday like yeah nine o'clock your time uh -huh. and end it at like four o'clock your time so that it's like you're ending it before kids bedtimes and yeah the crap that mm -hmm. people get pulled away from their phones for around the end of the auction yeah i like to do them for like five hours i typically do them from like nine to three thirty nice or nine to three um your time yeah my time right. you want to end it because like the other thing too is like 
if you ever happen to have like overseas people participating, you forget that they're like sit minimum of six hours or nine hours ahead of you. Uh-huh. So that doesn't happen all the time, but um, yeah, I would start there. And also um, I would take the time to, um, what the fuck was I going to say? I definitely totally want to take blanking. a lot of nice photos of everything. Yeah, I mean that's so, integral. Oh, when sure. you're like when you're doing the cross-platform stuff too, like the easiest way to do it is, you know, you're just having to manage manage it. Like if there's yeah. an IG bid, you go into Facebook group and you comment IG bid nine hundred dollars, and then there's a Facebook one, you go to IG, and I typically like to like pin. I typically pin the highest bid to the top uh-huh. of the post, and yeah, then I, do that I typically to keep people engaged is like when there's a high bid, I will then respond to the, I will reply to the comment and say new high bid or so-and-so at so-and-so with the new high bid of whatever. And then underneath I'll tag the relevant bidders so that like they get a notification from me so that they can see the newest bid. A lot of guys don't do that, but I find it just keeps people engaged in it. Um, You know, I think that, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and you want to make sure you do like an anti-snipe rule. So like at the very end, do like, I don't know. What do you typically do, Jim? I think I've done like a 10-minute one or a five-minute one. Like I've kept it like really short. I know some people do like a 15 anti-snipe rule, but. Sorry, I'm getting a, I don't mean to be like, we're trying to record. I'm also in the middle of desperately trying to get creo to work on my new computer and there's a <laughs> licensing problem where when you it's a very retarded way that um this shouldn't be saying that but there's a dumb way that like my wife told me creo does it where you have to like retarded. go to their website you have to like go to like your license options you have to like deinstall them from whatever computer you had you have to reinstall them with the new host id from your ip config and then you have to upload them. Then you have to install it. You get a license file emailed to you. Then you have to like upload that license file and install it. Well, somehow like the host ID that they have in my install is not the host ID that they have like in my license file or they weren't emailing me the license file, blah, 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 blah. I can't, every time that I open Creo, it immediately crashes. So I've been working with my reseller, my distrib- my software distributor and he opened up a case for me today with ptc because they can't figure out what's going on ptc owns creo um and so now i'm in a tech support thing where i have to respond very poignantly (laughs) and like pertinently (laughs) or else like they don't respond to me like it's like if i'm not sitting at my computer responding so i just after four hours just got two emails in a row so you're talking and i'm like shit i need to read this really quick because i have to say (laughs) something stupid to keep this thing going uh yeah so another case you know for switching over to fusion i guess you know add it to the list even though you guys were just talking shit on the most recent fusion update anyway so that those two could like cancel each other out today no yeah that's (laughs) that's like a funny running joke but anytime there's a fusion update everyone's just like oh why is there a fusion update it's just like a whole it's like a meme basically can you not install the update or do you have to yeah no you can not install you can suspend them yeah you can suspend them, I think, for like two weeks. You just tell them, not right now. And basically just wait a couple weeks so that they release a couple bug fixes and then yeah. and then do the update. Uh, I'm on an insider edition, so it's I think it's maybe at least like three weeks or so early on most stuff. So I think most of the stuff that's rolling out on the, on the main release is stuff that I've already had in mind. Um, but I don't pay attention too much to it, which I probably should because I think that's part of being in the insider program. Um, is really like focusing on that stuff, but I also haven't been in Fusion too much lately. The past couple of weeks, um, Jim's gone again. But yeah, what, yeah this, so, I, so what, are, what we were talking about before is like the anti-snipe rule. Like, what do you set your? Do you set one? Do you set time? Like, what time? Time? Yeah, do do? I typically do five minutes. <clears throat> so like, somebody <laughs> can't swoop in at if it ends at four three fifty nine. Make a bid. It ends at four, and it's over. Um. I'll add, you know, if somebody comes in at 4.59, then I'll make a comment below, so-and-so with the high bid, anti-snipe rule in effect until 4.04 p.m. And then if somebody else bids between then and 4.04, so-and-so has the high bid. 
the anti-snipe rule extended to five minutes more, 409. And you just go, duh, you know, and typically like how my last few auctions have gone is they're pretty slow because people don't like to bid them up, you know, and then in whatever the two or three guys that really want it at the end will then go back and forth. It usually takes 20 to 25 minutes of anti-snipe rule, you know, uh, extensions for like the auction to end. And I'll even have guys like hit me up that are just like, say they're at like 3,800 and they're just like, I'm out. I'm becoming a private bidder. I will go to 4,200. Like, let me know if I won or not. And then I'm stuck kind of like somebody bids. And then I'm like private bidder. Number one bids this much. And then you start to get like, kind of like, I don't like doing that because it makes you seem like you're like bidding your own auctions up. You know what I mean? Which like, I just like don't, but at the same time, it's, Hey, their money's green too. So I'll do it. But yeah, you can probably put some rules in there too. Like, Hey, I don't want to do any private bid shit or whatever. I'm not going to bid for people, you know, but, but but at the the same same time, time, you're hamstringing your auction then, you know what I mean? The whole point is to make, you're making, I wouldn't want to say an egregious amount of money, but probably double what you would have for like a little bit of like admin on your posts. Like, yeah. As long right, as people you know. are aware of it, I think be- beforehand, maybe write that in the write that in the comments or in the original caption, like you know, people want a private bid or whatever. This is where it's coming from. But yeah, I gotta I gotta figure that out because I want to do that. But well, I also want to bring one of these with me to CCKS, which is the only one that I have. I don't think I'm gonna finish any more in time just because I'm not doing any heat tree here, um, and I don't want to rush something through and send it to you again, and then you got to take time away from your own stuff to do mine when it's not even my fair. table. So. Um, I'm I'm on the fence because I do want to do this. I want to auction this thing soon, like maybe this weekend, because it's aside from blackening the hardware, it's done. I've already sharpened it. It's literally this thing will be ready to ship right now if somebody wanted it in in satin hardware. But I think doing black hardware on it would uh would make it match the other parts really well and make it pop. So I'm just trying I mean, to figure out want to some wait to CCKS. I don't care if you do it on my table and you could run it the show concurrent with there'll be money in the room people can expect check it out yeah that'd be cool that's kind of a week yeah i don't really want to brown bag that show though either you know which i don't know if anybody's gonna matter it is your table but yeah we'll see um one thing to me brown bagging to me is bringing knives and like selling them like in the common areas next like if you're just an an attendee (laughs) yeah yeah like an attendee that's like in the common like the pit or wherever it would be whatever people are chilling and you're selling shit without paying for a table the people that are there for the show. But like you yeah. have a badge, you're gonna be behind a table. Yeah, like, that's true. You have one knife. Yeah, I would you know, you I would even say percent do that at Blade Show though. Just cause, you know. Well Blade Show is like, enough to not give a shit about right, them. It, yeah. If it were a small show, I would definitely buy a table and show show some respect. But like if it were a blade show, yeah. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I, understand I think that. it's kind of in the middle, yeah. I don't know. Um you also could <laughs> what you could do is not be taking bids at the show, but have it for display and say, yeah, I'm auctioning this shit CCKS next week or something. I'm yeah. auctioning. No, no, fuck that. You run the auction online. Oh, yeah. But yeah. in the post, you can say, if you're at CCKS, come to this table if you want to check the knife out and bid yeah, here. Bid, bid yeah, bid only. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you won't have a idea. piece of paper out that's, like, accepting bids, but that way guys can check the set out and stuff because there are going to be yeah, a lot of people be, at CCKS. That sick. might be the move. For sure, because they don't have all that stuff. Then, then I'll have something you to show send people, me, and then I can. You can send me your hardware and your clip, and I'll just blacken them for you and bring them with me. I was just God gonna say it. that, that's like the, what? That's the fucking jam, right? Because you probably all have right, a way that. lower grit uh, blasting media. That's what I think of the issue. I have ten, needs to be ten grit. Yeah, yeah I have a bunch of extra pocket clips, and I can pull the hardware off this too and send it to you. I mean, I have other hardware, but this stuff's already <laughs> kind of chamfered for the one side. It's kind of annoying so because like it's kind of annoying because one side is flush. Like the stock tie side is all flush. Like all the hardware's nice and flat and flush how I should be. But because the ultim's so thin, I had to make the counterbore twenty thou thinner. But I can't make the head twenty thou thinner because then the torques will pop through. So I put a chamfer on it, HMC style, and uh, so that's the only one that sticks up. You know, which for Sorry, me, I love. I'm not text. a fan I of it, but I know you like it. And uh, so there's one, the one screw, the back one didn't need to because it's a hundred thou thick right there or whatever. So there's plenty of room. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one, actually the action on this one is probably one of the best ones. I blasted nice. the blade too. So blade looks really nice. It's kind of satin gray, which now I want to do it on all of them, but it's a shitload of work. Cause I'm using such fine glass. Um, I think it looks very nice. 
it looks a lot nicer in my opinion than like the old super aggressive shit that I used to use, but yep. um, it's very time intensive because it's so slow to blast stuff because of how fine it is. Yeah, for so, me, 120, 70 grit, get the fire hose out, get it done. Yeah, this is probably, oh, yeah. I mean, this is glass bead and it's been there for years, so it's probably just beat to shit. Like, it needs to be replaced. It's a thousand grit. Uh, <laughs> at least, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Monday. So I did all that stuff on Monday and then I also cut up all of my Magna Cut. Um, so I got all this stuff blanked out. I have 35 blanks of Magna Cut. I have enough hardware and tie for 30 frame sets. And then I have enough material for pocket clips and lock bars for like maybe 40 or so pieces. So there's some extras and all that stuff. Yes. Um, Let's go. So I already deburred all that shit. Um, I just need to find the rest of my pitbull clamps. And I'm going to probably put this in today and just start blanking out blades. And while that's running, um, I have one more slide to do. Guy wants like a bunch of custom stuff on it. Um, I finished this one yesterday. This one's all optic cut, um, serrations, ground sides window on the top so this is a local dude uh one of my buddies so i got a bunch of slides to d drop off today and then this one to drop off and then pick up some more from another guy and errands today running around but i really want to just get these blades going like first thing for sure so that's kind of where i'm nice, at this man. week yeah pretty chill so neither productive. of you guys have even turned your machines on at all this week yeah mine was on all day monday and yesterday oh, okay. too. yeah mine's been yeah, monday, off all day was since running last week a little bit and then yeah <laughs> Yeah, I haven't turned mine on today, but I just, you know, I got out here not too long before we started recording. I've just so. been in cleaning mode, so there you go. I, uh, If anybody understands that, it's me. I, like, love a good cleaning mode day. Like, I just, I need one kind of right now. I, I'm i kind of waiting until I have everything in place to do it all because it's like, if you just do one area, it doesn't have the same effect as if you take, like, two or three hours and you do everything, like, Right. vacuum everything i'll mop my floor you know all surfaces yeah. cleaned i'll get the attachments yep. on the vacuum and vacuum off all the carpet on top of all my list of cabinets and my benches and like nice. i actually like started moving out my gym stuff um you know last week i started going to an actual commercial gym again for the first time in five or six years and like you know my workouts went great and with my buddy and like so my cousin came over this weekend and was like you know hey what are you doing with your gym stuff i'm like well i was gonna put it in storage somewhere to convert that space for my shop but if you want to borrow it like i know you're not it's too expensive for you to just he's like 22 for you to just purchase <laughs> but if you want to take it and use it and keep me from having to store it somewhere like that'd be sweet so he came and got like my bench my dumbbells my kettlebells um and some other oh my easy curl bar and stuff like that and supposedly it's coming for all my plate weight and my squat rack this weekend so i'll be able to i'm adding on i bet you it's probably 200 square feet i'm adding into the shop of just using nice. space again so i moved my to... i moved my squat rack in the garage on monday <laughs> finally we live in opposite worlds I mean, that man. was part of the reason why i wanted to clean all the shit in front of the table in front of my list yeah. cabinet right here so i can make room for that because it's been on our patio in the backyard and you know the kids bang their heads on in all the time and it's always in the way out there so and plus the kids are having birthday parties soon so i want to move it out here yeah, plus if it's out here and i got cycles i can actually start working out yeah Nice, man. Like, it's annoying, like, going to, the ha going to the patio and doing all that and coming back and forth. Like, it's literally, I can, you know, it's on the other side of my list right here, so. It's a blessing and a curse, man. Yeah, yeah it's, <clears throat> my buddy is, it works out good. He's a second shift guy, and so he, he trains, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, which gives me, I can get the kids to school, come out here for a couple hours, get the machines running. He lives, like, a half a mile from me. The gym is, like, a mile and a half from me, so I can literally just zip down there in, like, five minutes we get a lift in for an hour, hour and 15. And then I come back right up here and it's like, just been a nice, like it's, it's nice to leave for a while during the day and have like some social interaction. You yeah. know, I realized I That's hadn't nice. had that. And just to like have that as an outlet, has <laughs> been like making me feel great. And so stoked to continue with that. But even just getting up in the morning and going to like a coffee shop, grabbing some coffee and some breakfast, even if you're not interacting with anybody, like you still right. feel like you break this isolation a lot. Even yeah, I, I mean, make that, my coffee at home pretty much every day, but well, it's because you're also you have a you know ideas of delusions of grandeur, but you're also broke. You know what I mean? Like, gotta, <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to. Nobody, not very many people can be spending ten, fifteen bucks in a cup of coffee and a breakfast sandwich every yeah. day like you used to at the old shop. Dude, that oh, was a jam. Dunkin' do Donuts on the way in. Get that big frozen oh, yeah. coffee. That was when both of us, uh, I think, were going Dunkin' all in on oh, Dunkin', yeah. dude. 
I was a hard Dunkin' guy. My wife yeah. was Dunkin' hard. And then I was like never a Starbucks person ever. No. And then she like one day was like, hey, drinks are buy one, get one free. Like, do you want one? And I'm like, yeah, fuck Starbucks. And then I got something like a vanilla latte with almond milk or something. And it was just like, this is so much better. Yeah. It's <laughs> but it's be- like tw- yeah. <laughs> twice as much money. Yeah. Starbucks. Yeah. My whole thing with it is that it's not it's not great, but it's consistent. It doesn't matter where the fuck yeah. you go. It might, it's not the best coffee, but it's exactly the same as last time I got it. And I knew what I liked it's last the time. Same, the beans the are the same amount time. of burnt every time. Yep, exactly. So, oh, man, Ken doesn't have a Wegmans out there, so he doesn't know. Yeah, you no, don't know I the don't truth. Know. Nope. You don't know the truth about Can't Wegmans. Be- there's Wegmans a lot of subs, man. <clears throat> Unbeatable. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of nice little small kind of mom and pop coffee shops around here that are actually really good. So you start hitting those up more. But I don't think Wegmans has. They don't have coffee. Oh no, they do have coffee, don't they? They have coffee. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. The last time I went in there, like I went to get a sub, and right down the end there, there was like a barista station. I'm like, what is this? And I didn't try it. It's all automated. Try it. Sick. It's good, dude. You yeah, you can get like a shot, a double shot of espresso, and then move your cup over and like fill it up with coffee. So you can get like a shot of espresso in your coffee. Yeah, dude, it's the best, and you don't gotta talk to anyone. That's awesome. I'm going there yeah. tomorrow. All touch screen. I looked up how much those machines cost. They're they're seven thousand dollars, but still they're they're worth it. There you go. SPK Unlimited will have one. That's only a no, thousand no, cups of coffee will, at Starbucks. I definitely yeah. will not, because you need somebody to maintain that. I don't have time for that. You don't have time shit. for any of that. Wegman's is that. a new the, Wegman's is a New York started brand, isn't it? Rochester started brand. Okay. I'm at so the, that's real. I'm at the hub. I'm at the, I'm at the Mecca of Wegman's. So if there's any I mean, listeners that know what Wegmans is, you know. They know what's up. I mean, we've had, as long as I can remember, we've had a Wegmans. I mean, at yeah, least yeah. 25 years. But like, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think they're sprawling expanded. southward too, aren't they? They are, yes, yes. They're going southward. I think Washington, D.C. is getting one. I think they got some in North Carolina, South Carolina, maybe. Whoa. Yeah. Deep, dude. We got yeah. in and out, though. I'm stoked on that. But I don't need it in and out anymore, so. Uh, they don't have impossible burgers there. <laughs> no, no impossible. <laughs> the animal, the animal sauce is not <laughs> vegan friendly. There's cheese on it, man. Neither is a Thousand Island. Yeah, we just make our Dude. own cheese. We cheese own isn't vegan. Here, man. No, man. Sorry. I still, I'm as surprised now as I was two months ago. I just, which is wild because it's been like five years. <laughs> I never knew. I just never knew. It's not something you talk to people about. I don't talk like, about it. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, yeah. oh, fuck, it's been five minutes since a vegan, you know, how do you know someone's a vegan? They'll fucking tell you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really talk about it too much. Is your wife real vocal about it or are you guys both pretty tight lipped? No. Yeah. We don't really talk about it too much. I just so. can't get over that. Yeah. She was on speakerphone. It was like, just see if they have a salad and if they could put extra nuts on it. And I'm like, what? I don't are you fucking vegetarian or something <laughs> oh when we were in, like yeah, when the, we were out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah you gave me the side eye and i'm like hey, as long as you're not vegan yeah and you're like uh you're fucking vegan too that was the art house <laughs> yeah that burger was awesome God, though, man. man they did have a good burger out enjoy, there though, yeah enjoy that hydrogenated <clears throat> soybean oil compressed patty i know yeah we try not to do too much processed stuff but it's everything's fucked up yeah if we sent you guys whitetail deer meat no, no, sorry. I mean, it's different. It's like, it's eth- I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the... much better. For, like if I'm eating shit that Jim's hunted, you know, than buying shit from the store, but. Oh yeah, dude. hundred percent. Cause when you were, you, when you were out here, we were, we went out to a restaurant and we got some impossible burgers. I think we, didn't we go to a burger spot? Me? Yeah. Maybe it was Clayton. Clayton was out here. It must've been Clayton. Right around I the would've... same time. Maybe it was Clayton. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. The last, my, oh no, 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 we did, we did, we, we did, did right? we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was that That's burger spot that was like it was like in a little courtyard of yeah. like an area. I knew that was you too. I, I did told not, my wife and she's like, I He didn't. never went with us. I'm like, no, it was Jim for sure. No, I did. I came to yeah. the house and then we went and got burgers. But I I did not key in on the fact that you were eating impossible burgers at yeah. that time. Yeah, that place is gone now. It sucks. Umami yeah, burger. That burger that was, a, that was a good spot. That spot was yeah, good. Yeah, umami burger. Umami it was burger. good. Yeah. Hmm. So never had yeah, that was probably impossible like four, meat. four years ago. Yeah. Don't Damn. ever do it. No. Damn. No, man. I mean, I've oh. had like those morning star like chicken nuggets and shit, like the vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, I've had those, yeah. 
if you drag that shit through enough sauce, it tastes all right. But like, <laughs> they're not that great though. Some of them are good. like Most corn. The corn stuff. The K suck. The Q Q U corn. It starts with a Q. I don't know. It's made from Quinoa. mushrooms. That's pretty good. They got chicken nuggets. Corn is vegan though, man. You can eat corn. That's a, yeah, that's corn. A no corn. Yeah, it's Q U. I don't no, know. It's the with a K. K O R N. No, that's banned. that's a band. <laughs> don't eat those guys. They're probably gross. Probably don't taste very yeah. good. No. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we could get Anyways, back to yeah. talking about knife stuff instead yeah. of like veganism and whatever. Whatever. Ramble so told you. I yeah, right, I, so I, know, a, man. I actually do have a question. So is I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about steel because steel doesn't really matter. But I had this thing in my Discord. It was like I posted Magnacut or Vanax. And overwhelmingly majority of people chose Vanax. And I'm just trying to like get your guys's gauge. Do you think as like makers is Vanax or is not Vanax is Magnacut kind of like is the hype dying down or is it still going strong? Cause it seems like a lot of companies are still just getting into Magnacut. I think Magnacut's here to stay for quite some time. I think that um, if there were other new steels becoming available, that people would shift. But like, I can't think of anything that's come out in the last two years since Magnacut came out that like has like the new cool kid on the block vibe to it. And so I think that you're going to continue to see. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but like th these last 10 blades that I am making now for CCKS are made out of S 35 VN. Right. And that is because when I'm looking at buying anything aside from a full sheet, there's not that many options of stuff available to buy in smaller quantities. It's like a shitload of Magna cut, very select offerings of other steels and that's it. And then mm -hmm. when I even look for Magna cut, like, it's really not that available in smaller quantities either. It's like I found right. one place with it. That yeah, had it. I and mean, they, aside, they actually aside had, from Alpha. No, they actually had plenty. I got it from New Jersey Steel Baron, uh, and it took them a few days to ship it. And I don't know if it's just because they didn't have it cut and they were blanking it out of a sheet or what. But yeah, they I could add as out. much as I wanted. I could add as much as I wanted to the cart, and uh, I ordered it. I ordered five sticks, five thirty-six inch sticks at one and a half, and they came at like one inch 540 like they're almost exactly exactly what i wanted and i got oh, thick uh these are 187 they these might get like 187 they say they'll finish at 154 so i'm hoping that they still clean up at 160 um they for sure will yeah and i'm thinking maybe yeah. that's why that i had two blades out of the original run that didn't clean up the very first one that i sent you had a couple little spots in it that didn't clean up uh, but by the time yep. i grained them i flat sanded them and i hit them on the grinder a little bit they cleaned up fine and there was actually, you know how I was talking um, real quick, kind of tangent, but I was talking about how I put these on a magnet. And then when I line grained on there, the magnet yep. sucked it onto the platen. I totally yep. forgot. This was a trick that um, we did. It was just literally a piece of tape, you know, and you just take a strip of tape and you stick it to yourself and then stick it down onto, onto the blade. Now you got a handle and that actually worked yep. out awesome. Um, so I just did that um, when I had to grain all the rest of them and it actually worked out way better. Because with the magnet on there, it sucked the tip in there, and then I had one that rolled over, and I had to take a couple extra thou towards the front. Um, Brutal, dude. So, but that actually worked out pretty good. As far as the Vanek stuff goes, or Magna Cut stuff, um, I haven't really noticed it. I mean, at least my experience, which has been limited compared to your guys, I've had only two people out of everybody that bought my stuff or talked to me at the show or has hit me up about any kind of interest in my stuff has asked what the steel is. Um, and there wasn't any negative on there when I told him it was Magna Cut. And I think some of the issues that I had during machining are easily mitigated um, moving forward by just modifying my process a little bit. I wasn't right. expecting them to move as much as they did because uh, I never had that issue with XHP, RIP. Um, so I think moving forward, I'm not going to have any issues with uh, with the Magna Cut stuff like before, which wasn't even major. None of it was even bad. I think some of the there was weird kind of growth and movement um, during heat treat, but overall they were very consistent. So, 
accounting for that moving forward. I think I'll be totally fine. I'm probably going to add a, a web in the window so I don't have to do the plugs like last time because I'm sure that yep. was probably annoying. Oh, dealing right. With those plugs and heat treating. Yeah, the plugs weren't bad, but if it made your shit bow out, then yeah, definitely put the the yeah. web in there. But I mean, it'll keep them from collapsing, but it won't help them. It won't keep them from expanding. So I think even right. putting a, a small web through the middle that I can easily just mill off hard because it machines nice hard um, or just doing like a solid floor all the way across, maybe meeting like halfway, go halfway either side and leave like a 20 or 30 thou wall across the whole thing with a nice radius. Should be enough. Crack. I think it should be fine. It definitely won't collapse or expand with that in there. And then it should cut off easy. So I'm probably going to do that. That's probably the only change that I think I'm going to make on these ones for these. And then also rough some of the lock face and all that too in the soft state. Cause I, I took off a lot of material. I think most of my tool wear was from cutting that lock face. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, what do you think? What do you think, Alex? Do you think that it's dying down the hype? I don't, I think the hype is sort of dying down, but also I feel like that. I think now that people know exactly what this, cause I think when it first came out, I think it was, it was, it was poorly released in the regard of like people thought that it was like this amazing thing that is the end all be all. It has the best, you know, wear resistance. It has the best corrosion resistance. It has the best toughness. I think that's what a lot of people thought initially. And then now it's like, it's basically, it's essentially stainless 4V is what it is. If you look at, you know, composition and all that stuff, it's, it's, it's essentially stainless 4V. And I believe when, um, knife steel nerds uh, wrote the article about the corrosion resistance portion. He wasn't expecting the corrosion resistance that he got. It it happened to be, you know, far more than than what he had expected. And I think that people really, when they read articles like that, they they skip around and they don't actually read the article. But in that in that same vein, I. I don't think that it's dying out by any stretch of the imagination. I think the hype is dying out, but I think like you said, this, the steel is here to stay. Um, but again, availability is like pretty low. I mean, in, in my case, I can't buy a sheet of it. <laughs> like if I talk to Niagara specialty Mag- metals for Magnica. Yeah. I think last time I talked to him, they're like, yeah, we're not going to have it for a while. As far as do you buy all I, your steel from Niagara? Um, the crew where I did, and then the L Max I get from Oodle Home in Elgin, Illinois. I believe Elgin, 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 Illinois. Yeah, <clears throat> Oodle Home is just a more fun name to say too. So yeah, Oodle. Yeah, I talked to Max. L Max is goaded, also. You know, I and I honestly like, and like people argue, like, well, you know. S30V and Magna Cut are better than LMAX, but it's just like, yeah, but I like LMAX for other reasons. It's just also the name is baller. It's hard, dude. It's badass. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I just feel like from a cutting performance perspective, there's just very few people that are using it to the extent to where they can really like test the differences, Absolutely. you know, and, and notice it. You know, it's like as long as right. it has a good heat treat. And yep. like there are the thing I do love that Magna Cut has the corrosion resistance that it has. Like that is to me one of the yeah, highest upsides to it where it's like it's mm-hmm. so much higher. It's so much better than every other stainless knife steel that it's like it's yep. just pretty rad. Um, right. I also don't like paying eighteen hundred bucks for a sheet of steel. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that's a ton of money. You know, it's like what you know, yep. you look at, say, like CPM one fifty four is literally 50% of the cost. Oh yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, and it's still badass. So I don't know. I've, I've been playing around. I've done some CPM 154. I've done S 45 VN. I've done S 35 VN. I've done Magna cut. You know, I thought about doing a run just in AEBL just for the sake of it. Cause like I made a shitload of fi- fixed blades out of AEBL and never had a problem. And yep. part of me was like, Hey, just do some in AEBL. And like, why not? You know, who cares keep it spicy keep it different you know why does it always have to be the same and like then you kind of have room for feedback where people can sit tell you hey this thing was sharper than dog shit you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. or yeah this lost its edge really quick you know how do you know unless you're just kind of like experiencing different shit so i'm probably gonna keep bouncing around i told myself magna cut was the last steel i was ever gonna use 
And then uh, I had some growth issues and, you know, I dealt with some small problems and I realized that I wanted to explore again. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I was in the same boat because I think I made like three or four uh, Lamias out of that and um, had the same issues and then was just like, eh, I'm just going to stick with crew wear. I know it works. And then now I got a bunch of LMAX and I'm just going to do with LMAX for a little while. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to end up getting a sheet of Vanax at some point again, because I, when I bought my sheet a long Nitrogen time ago, whore. yeah, when I, so when I first bought that and I'll, and I'll be honest, like I didn't like stainless steel at all. And then after, you know, manufacturing over 350 knives, 400 knives out of that steel, it's just like, all right, I, I like Vanax. <laughs> it's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> and yeah. you can, and the max hardness on it is 61 HRC. It's going to, you know, machine well, or it did machine well. Didn't have any issues. There's a shitload of chromium in it. But, uh, I mean. What made you decide to go with K390? Oh, K390. So, that was, like, the first run of sharks that I did back in the day. I think it was 12. I made 12 of them. That was the steel that I used was K390. And since then, I have not used K390. And a lot of guys were like, hey, are you going to, you know, pick up some K390? And uh, they had it on Alpha Knife Supply. And I was like, you know what? I'm here. Might as well get it. Throw it in a folder and see what happens. And YOLO. YOLO. So I did. I don't know. Everyone that that's using the K390, Lemias loves it. So I didn't, what do we have I, didn't get to keep, I didn't get to keep one for myself. You guys <clears throat> got crew, crew wear. Oh, we got crew wear. Crewware, baby. Lamia crew. I just cleaned my blade. I need to sharpen it. I have tape all over mine still. <laughs> I got yeah, tape. Yeah, I had tape I all to, over mine. I don't need to sharpen it, but I I have the sharpener set up, so I was going to get crew too. too. I was thinking about blasting this the, the frame the also. New, I might blast the new thing. finish on it. The new tumbled finish. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, when I hit up. But yeah, no, I just, oh, yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' feedback on like the whole steel thing. Because like, I used to be one of those steel nerd guys who like, I've gotten over that i'm just like whatever i'm just gonna use whatever because even like if you look at if you want to look at like data and stuff too like considerably you know higher wear resistance falls into like the s30 v's and the s35 vns and the s45 vns are way better than magna cut but i mean magna cut does have the corrosion resistance and that toughness so it's just like i don't know you get some of some of it to hear about is like sharpening too i mean you get stuff that's so hard to work with it'll last for a long time, but by the time it does break down and somebody has to sharpen it or something, it's difficult yeah. for them unless they have proper equipment. Um, at least, I mean, that's I been no longer kind of have that issue. That some guys, <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Not for you. Yeah. But I mean, Indies are flex dude. I mean, there's a lot Big of flex. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff around that for a while. I think with like Chris Reeves where he's like, I don't use all that super shit because I want people to be able to sharpen it easily kind of thing. But Fair. yeah, you know, you have to do it a little bit more often though, but it makes it easier for the end user. Um, when I hit up Niagara about Magna Cut, um, their minimum was a sheet. So I think it was 24 by 36. That was the smallest order that I could place with them, but they would laser cut it to whatever I needed. Um, oh, so yeah, for my you did stuff, mention that in our chat. I forgot about that. Yeah, hmm. so it was a full, oh. it was a full sheet. <laughs> Just cut the fuck out of myself. Nice. You screamed like a girl, too. No well, offense. I was fucking cutting the skin off the end of my finger, and it slipped, and I ran the fucking knife into my nail bed. Dude, I Sorry. did. I stabbed the crap out of my hand. It's it's healed now. This is like maybe two weeks ago. It's probably hard to see, but I was sharpening, and the the stone slipped off of the blade, and the dude, it went my worst dude, nightmare. It stabbed straight in sideways, and I bled all over the garage. There's blood. There's still blood spots on the floor all the way from the garage all the way to the house. Just blood everywhere, and uh, you need to wear fucking gauntlets while you're sharpening. I know. I need some like chainmail. You see, you guys, are the wicked shit. <laughs> Yeah. Nope. And I just picture like stabbing the fuck Bam. out of myself. Well, I was rushing nope. it too because like I wanted to ship some stuff and I was going both ways on it. So I was going down also oh. and it slipped off and bam, right into the tip. And the, the blade literally went like a quarter inch deep. I took a picture of the blade where you could see all the, uh, all the uh, steel and abrasive was pushed back like a quarter inch from the tip where it went into my thumb. Damn, it went and, that uh, deep? It went really yeah, deep. It went it's still deep. sore. I mean, it, it healed, but it's... It's sore as really hell. Really deep. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so when I hit up Niagara, they they said, yeah, they would do a sheet and they had a bunch of different thicknesses. I mean, this was like 200 to two, it was 207 to 227 by um, 24 by 36 inch. And it was like 1800 bucks laser cut though, to the size that I need. So that's with, that's oh, with, that was blanking with them out. laser. Okay. That was with so maybe, laser. So right, it was like, maybe 18, I'll hit up Frank again it ended up, and see. Yeah. It ended up being 1945 each for 95 pieces. Um, one to two weeks. That was my quote. Might not be different or might not be the same now. This was a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I yeah, ended up, a lot of money. I ended up just going with, um, uh, I already said it. The hell was it? New Jersey steel Baron. And I just added five sticks of one and a half by three sixteenths. So the reason why I got this quoted at 207 and 227 is because my blades finish at 160. Um, they're like, oh, it won't clean up. It's 150, uh, 156 yeah. is what it needs to be. I'm like, fourth thou, whatever. I'll blast out, you know, or lap. Yeah, I need 125. So it'll be way less I than this. I need 125. Way less than this. Maybe I'll uh, hit them up and, and maybe doing... I'll do some sharks in a magna cut. Yeah, that would probably be a good idea. I mean, 95 pieces right now for me is too high, but I think hopefully once I get these these ones done, then I'll just probably spring for a whole sheet of laser cut. Because I know for a size. fact, out of a full sheet, I can get, I think, 97-ish sharks out of a sheet. So if I got two sheets, I could get over 100, which that might satiate a bunch of people. Yeah, huh, maybe yeah, I'll look into sweet. that. Yeah, I think it'll be year. worth it. It was just too much for me to drop right now. Um, yeah. Just because I had to get all the other shit, but I got everything else. Yeah, because like the last time I asked, they like didn't have sh- they didn't have anything. They didn't have a sheet oh, of it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, that was another thing that I did on Monday too. I did a lot of shit on Monday. Um, I had to modify all of these pivot screws because the ones with a quarter inch oh. head have a fifteenth out chamfer around the Torx. The ones with a three eighths yeah. head have no chamfer, or some of them have a huge chamfer. Extremely inconsistent. Um, and as far as I know, they're all from the same manufacturer because the stickers on the bag, um, which is very strange. And they're different than the last order that I got from them, which is from the same spot. Um, so I, I think this is probably going to be the last time that I order these screws. But the thing that sucks is that I like them. It's a thread I want to use. The, their barrels, the pivot barrels that they have are really nice. They're actually the nicest yeah. ones that I've ever gotten. Um, and they have a bunch of different lengths too. So some of them I don't even have to modify. The, pe- the pocket clip ones I don't have to modify. I have to shorten one of the screws for the pocket clip side because they bottom out against each other. The two screws hit each other. Mm-hmm. So I need to shorten one of those and then tighten that into the barrel and then that subassembly is done. So I'm probably working on that stuff a little bit today, but I modified all those. I just set up a collet closer, a 90 degree collet closer in the mill. I just got one of these uh, Eagle Rock nice. 90 degree collet closers. And I oh, took sick. a 516 5C collet and I counterboard it with a 3 8 diameter on there so it's it's not technically dead length but it's consistent enough for what i was doing so i just went in and chamfered all that stuff i stuck the magnets in the doors left the doors open um block skipped out the tool change and the z retract and everything turned the i need to off. like i need to take two weeks and just shadow you guys for a week like shadow ken for Coming a week out. shadow jim for a week i feel like that my knowledge in machining is severely lacking with the knowledge base that they have on the internet. Cause that's where I get all my knowledge from. Most of it's not. Yeah. It's but probably it's, a lot of the, a lot of the G code stuff. I don't understand. There is good, a lot of good information out there, but if you don't know what good and bad information are, you pro, you know, a lot of people think I have all of both it's good. In my brain right now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the information that's out there is not gained through working in a big shop. A lot of it seems, you know, not all of it. There is very good information out there, but um, I don't know. There's some methods out Success there that I'm is like gained and lost at the machine control. Like for you for know? example, like a, a good example would be like, all right, so let's say you had the Pearson pallet system on your table, and you wanted to set it up to be just like zero point. It's going to be the same every time. So you would pick up X and Y on one of them pins, right? Yeah, off the round, off the round pin. Yeah. Where would your Z be? Would your Z be on top of the pallet? Do you do well, or would it be on top think, of that pin? I think the way that Pearson recommends is you do X Y off the round pin because there's one round and one diamond pin, right? And the diamonds right. used for the tertiary. So you do X Y off the round pin and you use Z off the pad of the actual pallet base. So you know how they have those two rails okay. along the sides that the yeah, pallets yeah, yeah. sit on. 
that's consistent. Right. So if you say your XY to the pin on diameter and your Z to that pad, then then your work offset never changes. You just put a pallet on and it's going to retain the work offset that was already there. The only issue is that none of your code is going to mean anything on your parts. So if you care about what your code right. looks like and you want to check your Z values and all that stuff, everything, all of right. your Z values are going to be positive, like an inch and a quarter plus or whatever. They're all going to be random numbers. Your XY is going to right. all be random numbers. Um, so yeah, I'm, not you, a fan, I'm not a fan of that. I, li I, I said I everything. Like yeah. I'm not a big fan of it either. It makes it easy though. So if you don't care about that stuff, you don't care how big your programs are. You don't care about running sub programs, like how normally a lot of people will run subs. So like if you have 20 parts okay. on there, you could have, you could have a work offset for each part if you wanted. And then you would go to the work offset, you jump into a common sub that all of your parts are sharing. So if you modify, you know, a single line of right. code or a depth or whatever, all of your parts automatically change. If you have a common work offset and you have 20 parts on a pallet, you essentially have to post out the code for every single part, which is going to be different XYs for all of them. Right. So any change you make, you got to make sure that you make that change to all of them. So well, it's there's, like my there's question two ways like, to do it. Well, my question too is like, so when you're doing your Z and it's off of that pad, so now everything above it, like how does it know? Like it doesn't it's know. All the cam. Like, it, Cause it's you all have the to cam. machine. You have to machine all your pallets to a common height then. Right. Yeah. You so definitely have, have first, the same right? Z level. Yes, ideally, have, if okay. you're gonna, it doesn't. Have I mean, to technically be. not, because if technically, technically, as long as you model the palette <laughs> accurately, right? Like, if you're picking up off of a zero on the bottom, it's still gonna be the right height. It's just, I've always found it best, like, I probe the outside of the palette and then I just cut a set a bore in the center, that's three quarter do, inch yeah. bore, yeah, and then I just like have a little pad right next to there that's the same level as like the bottoms of like you know what my parts set on and honestly i just probe yeah. that and i just have like every single every single uh or every uh file that i have has a datum plane 150 thousandths above that level yep. above that surface so there's never any question of i probe the top of a pallet and i raise it up 150 thousandths yeah the only time that i change that is if i'm finishing or i'm cutting blades like that have the grind stock thickness on them. I'll probe the top of the blade instead of that surface because sometimes it's 162, sometimes it's 158. Rather right. than like a common value, I just work off the top of that. But yeah, I just have gotten used to running a probing cycle off of each individual pallet. It takes what like one minute. It's so fast, yeah. especially you know, if you build like, it into your workflow in Fusion. It's already in the program, yeah. so you just drop your stuff on all, as long as it's all, close. I know all about that. Yeah, well, you will as soon as you're done setting up this computer. Um, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The thing that sucks about using a common Z like off of the pallet base is that, say you smash into your fixture or whatever, it's worn out because you've run so many parts on it, and you skim the top of that fixture. Now you got to figure out how much you skimmed off, change your model right. in, in your cam, and then modify yeah. that and repost all your shit, even if your code's perfect. Yeah. And the issue is that it's I in a perfect world, you would have all of your modifications and all of your edits done in the cam software. But there's certain cases, especially when you're running pallets or you want to really, really optimize all your stuff. Um, you can't do some of that stuff within cam. It just won't let you do it. Depending on what yeah, it is. like my cause. Yeah. Cause like my pallets are like, you know, a certain height in, in the cam. But then like when I, when I like decked all of my pallets off, I like touched, you know, the, the, the face of those in Z and then just comped out, you know, five thou. I went down five thou and then yeah, it's annoying. It I, didn't you change, remember... I didn't change it. I didn't change it in my thing. Like yeah, I didn't exactly. change it in my in in my program. I just it just knows now it just knows that it's just gonna go off the top of that thing. That's why I like it was sketchy when a lot of people mm. were like, oh no, I just like I do my Z off of this pad and I was like, yeah, but what if you change stuff Then you got to change everything? Like that makes it's no annoying. sense. That's like trying to program a multi-axis machine off center of rotation. It's gay. It sucks. Cause you make any changes or you got to reskim your jobs oh, yeah. or anything. Now your Z changes. Now you got to go change a model and you got to repost and hopefully fusion doesn't make any edits to where now your tool paths are completely different than they were before. Or they're just, yeah. Why couldn't you crapped out, can't locked just, out? Couldn't you just bore, put a bore in the side of your, your fixture? Like, your actual fixture that you use to hold, like, I don't know, say like your, your, your uh, clamp or whatever. Like if you're using a vice, like a five axis vice in, in a five axis machine, couldn't you just bore your own work coordinate system into the side of it and use that? Yeah, you can do that. Um, 
you just got to have like a dynamic fixture offset or a rotary fixture offset or one of those compensation right. packages that's now the machine where knows you can where pick the center up on that and is. then when it rotates it it knows, it knows where it based it's going. off it's of doing all the calculation yeah. within that so right, now yeah. you can you can skim your jaws and now your z's changed but as you tip a90 now your y's changed you know but if you right. have like dynamic dynamic work offsets like haws or or rotary fixture offset like brother has um or the g68.2 or g54.2 those things um it's doing the calculation from where your actual work offset is to where your center rotation is so your part doesn't have right. to be in the same spot as your model. You don't even have to have your work yeah. holding modeled at all. Um, now you set right. your probe. It knows where the center of rotation is. It's calculating the deltas between X, Y, Z, and it's automatically calculating as you're tipping or, or tilting. So that's the best way Solid. to do it. Um, you know, for on a brother, it's like, you know, think of like a seven or $800 option. Haas is like, I think six grand, something like that for DWO, TCPC. But if <laughs> Sorry, you're doing multi, <laughs> if you're doing multi-axis stuff, it's, it's worth it unless you want to set, you know, unless you're going to the same degree every time, like on a production machine, if you want it, right. I mean, you know, when you're working yeah, on three sense. sides, you could have a zero, a 90, a minus 90, and then you just set three work offsets. And then now you can fine tune all that stuff, but the software will do it in the control automatically. It's kind of unnecessary. And, and if, if you're in a situation where you've got operators that don't really understand that stuff, they get lost so easy. So by doing any kind of uh, DWO or, RFO stuff and just probe all that stuff. It'll do it on its own. I've had parts where it's a casting and then the primary datum was a face and the secondary datum is a cast diameter that changes all the time. Um, right. But you have to be concentric with that. But now your whole casting's moving around. So I was probing stuff and then probing the tertiary or the tertiary was known because it was a pin. Anyways, probing the, probing the secondary, the bore, and then it knew where that tertiary pin was and it would calculate where this this is now in relation to that. And it was adjusting the angle and it was automatically outputting a G68. So it was rotating the program for every part. Um, it was quite a bit to get it to, you know, to write it all from scratch and get it working. But once that was done, you know, it saved so Holy much time. Shit. And you could do I understand this. what you're talking about though, Alex, like when you're talking about like G code and stuff being intimidating, like the right. person who you are as a machinist, like, I'll call you, I'll call you a YouTube machinist. Like everything that, you know, you learned from like videos or like everything you've ever done has been on a computer, which in today's yeah. like manufacturing environment, 99% of what everybody does is in cam. Mm -hmm. And like, I gotta be honest, I have to take a refresher course a lot of the time, but like I spent the first several years, maybe just the first two years of my like machining career, like everything was handwritten code, like on a, mid nineties Akuma that like it, you could drip feed programs in from Creo, but I didn't know how to run it. So it was all manual pro manually programmed profiling sequences and helical interpolations and like drilling site canned drilling cycles. And if then statements for like looping depths and, you know, you know, telling something to a tool to step down when it's like Z level profiling and like, you know, stepping in, if you're doing like 2d contouring, like all that stuff was just done at the machine control. And then right. like, even when I was doing stuff on the Makinos, like I used Creo, but like I still had a lot of sequences that like I wasn't using that for that like had those similar components or like I was at, at the very least, like, you know, everything brought in from Creo was a sub program. And so I would still have to write like T1, M6, S2000, M3, you know, G43, Z1 point H whatever. And then like call like a, p1000 and then you know you have to know those things you know and so like if you don't if you don't know those things like you have no reason to because your post like kicks all that stuff out so you look right. at like a text file out of the machine can or out of your post your, your computer you're like i don't know what any of this shit is you know and like ken is a hundred times more well versed than i am <laughs> like you know he can break down a program <laughs> i have to like look up what a lot of gnm codes are like he'll sit here and spot like oh yeah g68.2 blah, blah blah and i'm like i don't remember what that is you know, but like it is a foreign language that if you've never taken the time to learn it in any regard, yeah. like it would be daunting to mm -hmm. like look into it and try and understand what it means. So you're not alone, man. I think that like the vast <clears throat> majority of people are like in your in your set of circumstances. And like I used to have this argument with my foreman because like when I would have like a a Creo issue and I'd be sitting on my thumbs for three hours, like waiting for somebody to come fix it. And he'd be like, if you were worth your weight in salt, you'd be at the machine control fucking programming that. And it's like, it's like a complicated, like three dimensional move. Like 
I'm not going to like sit here and program this manually and like hope it doesn't fuck up, you know, like I'll wait right, three hours yeah. till the fucking cam is fixed, you know, but you right. know, he'll say, you know, you had to be well, well rounded. And that was like always a thing, you know, but really in reality, it's not because the computer's faster. It's more accurate. It's more controllable. Like there's no arguing that. And there's traceability. Yeah, right. and there's traceability. Yeah. It's like, as soon as you delete that thing that made that program go awry in your machine control, there's no proof as to what it ever was, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I don't know. And if somebody doesn't know, and if somebody doesn't know that it's in there, is the audio getting kind of just for you? Right now? Just you for you, that, Alex. Just for me, because I only heard it from yours. What's going on? That's Riverside going? telling us that we literally just know. hit the one hour mark, and it's time to wrap up. I know we should probably <laughs> shut it. One of our headphones or something's dying. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you lose all traceability. So if somebody doesn't know you made those edits in that program, and they repost, say there's been a revision on the part or whatever. And they modify that, they repost. Now it wiped everything that you edited manually, unless you're exporting that stuff, doing some compare and edits, bringing those edits in. So if, if you've got a guy on the floor that's not good about taking those notes or bringing it into the engineering department and telling the programmers or somebody that, hey, I had to make this change. You know, like this drill was wrapping up over three inches to clear a clamp and it was feeding from three inches in Z all the way down. And that's why our cycle time was 45 yep. minutes instead of 10. Oh, geez. You know? Yeah. Stuff yeah. that we've ran into, you know. So, G, G code maybe something yeah, is week, worth talking yeah, about, though. We could even potentially do like a segment on an episode talking about it, you know, just I'm down you know, what some of the codes are, what they are, what they do, how you use them. You know, I have a little thing right on the super minimo behind me that has probably 60 GNM codes on the fly that I can just look at. Where'd you get that? You know, just Did you like print it from the internet, came on the machine from the dude I bought it from. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Yours is, I'll send you. I'll send you the programming manual. I have the V10 programming manual for the Speedio, Alex, and it has all I that stuff. I have that. I, ha- um, I have the programming manual. Have, like, stickers. Pauses have stickers in the cabinets for that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, the thing that sucks too is that some of the format. Oh. I'm super picky about my formats of how code gets posted out, and the the stock post with Infusion, the format is it's a nice safe format. Um, but there's a lot of waste in there as far as like how it's processing different There's codes you can combine a lot of that stuff or do things a little bit safer but overall i mean they're pretty good and for most people i don't think they care a lot of guys don't even look at their programs i look at every single program and, you know go from there but <laughs> yeah the, the name of it before you drop it in all line by line. i look at every Anyways. single line <laughs> yeah yeah, we'll try and get some stuff that's a little bit more focused, I think, moving forward. Um, I've got a list in here. I mean, there are certain things that I do want to talk about. Um, we've got some stuff in here for equipment, work holding tooling, um, like material and hardware acquisition, which we kind of touch on things here and there. CAD CAM workflow scheduling. Some admin stuff is like nice yes. specific. Oh, yeah. No, my, my wife my just came in with a package. Are you looking at something? A big, buy, a big bag of leftover um, oh, yeah. Halloween candy dots that she must have just gotten at the store that was discounted because I'm like a... I love dots and oh, yeah. a bag of jerky. There you go. So, yeah, very nice. Nice. I thought you were getting that subscription. That no, Alex sorry, I don't out. make fifty dollars a month like him to afford about. that lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want that lifestyle. Anyways, <clears throat> not that, not the one that, <laughs> not that subscription one. Anyways, yeah, and then some documentation stuff. I mean, we kind of gone over some like uh, yeah, I think that'll be great material I... stuff or knife specific stuff in sheets and whatever. But a couple of things. I mean, if there's anything out there that anybody wants to specifically hear about, you know, whether it's like let's make it a point. Then let's or, say this: leading up to leading up to anything, next week, I mean, we will post a request for questions, questions out there again too. Give you guys an opportunity to kind of steer yeah. us a little bit, and um, you know. This was another episode where it's just buddies that are talking shit and getting through stuff. But like, I certainly would love to tackle some some more complex issues for people. Um, yeah. I think we said these exact same things last week. We're three, almost four months into this. People are aware of who we are, how we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's time that we start to add some value because I think we have a lot to add. I think we have a lot to offer and I think we can help some people. So definitely Absolutely. make sure to prioritize that. Sure. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, we mentioned it a little bit last week too, but I mean, we did start the Patreon and that was kind of what I was intending on having like questions. Like if you want to have a a dedicated section of the podcast to whatever it is that you have, as long as it's fitting within this, I don't really want to talk about like business loans and that kind of stuff because this isn't, I'm not savvy on the business side (laughs) of things at all. Um, 
There you go. Yeah. So that's why Alex is on here. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we did start it. Um, the link is in the description uh, in the show notes and everything. So um, I don't want to push like monetization stuff too much, but I mean, that's kind of what I started it for, but we'll figure it out. I mean, we'll go over this stuff this week and kind of dial some stuff in and definitely make some posts about whatever we're going to do. But I think yep. doing listener questions was fun in the beginning. We just didn't have the direction yet. So we were getting wild questions like all over the map on stuff. And it was like, you could easily talk. Yeah. You know, Dude, for an it's so hour, funny. Your voice is so deep things. right now and on like my headphones. Said, like, is it yeah, like that like for you, you too, inhaled, Yeah, it's <laughs> like you inhaled a bunch of nitrous oxide, man. Yeah, dude, nice. it's like rever- <clears throat> Really? Yeah, you sound like you're on reverse you helium, like dude. You, you're like, what's up? You guys sound like you're on helium off. on mine, which is weird, yeah. It's hey, there you opposite. are. I don't know if my headphone... <clears throat> I think my headphones are probably going to die. Cool. Well, guys, see. it's been an awesome hour Anyways, episode. Hopefully everybody else um, is not Again, thank you guys for listening to us ramble and bullshit and, so, and right, work cool. through we'll stuff. Um this has become kind of like the highlight of my midweek and I look forward to doing it every week and I can't wait to continue doing it for quite some time. Uh, a reminder, anybody that's going to be in California next week for the California custom knife show, uh, in where I think it's in Woodland Hills. Um, you know, I'll have a table. Ken will be working my table with me. Please feel free to uh, stop by, introduce yourself, introduce yourself with your name, your Instagram name, potentially bring your Instagram profile up so I can see how it's spelled so that if I mispronounce it in my head, when I read it, I can still know who you are. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. This is my first time at a knife show in California. Uh, hopefully it will not be my last, uh, but we'll talk about hopefully next week when we talk at this time, I will be balls deep in completed or nearly completed knives. And I'm not sweating bullets, stressing about getting stuff done over the next 18 hours before I have to fly out. So anyhow, Nice. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Look forward to catching up with you guys pleasure. next week. Take care. Later. Yeah, same. All right, later.